So you slept in. Hey, we're not judging. Sometimes you just need to get those Z's. And if you need to snooze, we'd much rather you did it at home in your warm, comfortable bed than in our pews. You can always catch up with the sermon later right here on this Sunday morning sleep-in podcast. Now we can give you the sermon, but there's a lot about church we can't give you through a podcast. We can't give you community. We can't give you the love and encouragement and support that comes along with that or even the challenge. We can't give you the cute kids and children's moment surprising us with their answers or the cookies and punch after the service, but we will give you what we can. I'm Susan Foster. And I'm Chris Marshall. And we are United Methodist Pastors in Reno, Nevada. We're not theological experts or homiletical harbingers of a new age. We're your average pastors, helping our congregations think through life's big questions every week. We started the podcast, so if you're away from home or working or coaching or just sleeping in, you can keep up with some of the ideas floating around the church. Each episode is a conversational version of a sermon we gave on Sunday. So whatever day it is when you're listening to this, We hope that you would receive it with an open mind and an open heart. And a quick note, we don't really care if you agree with everything we have to say. We encourage you to think your own thoughts. That's what it is to be Methodist after all, to figure out what your theology is using the scripture and your experience and reason and tradition. So our sincere hope is just that you will experience the mysterious loving force in the world we know as God moving in your life as you consider this. Mark 6, 14 to 29. It is when... Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. John the Baptist predeceases Jesus. Yes. And spoiler alert, it's kind of gross. It's kind of gross. This is where they're discussing who Jesus is. Is he John the Baptist? Is he Elijah? Elijah. And so they're trying to figure this out, right? But this is when Mark takes the opportunity to tell us how John dies. Ah. Because Jesus can't be his reincarnation if he's still alive, right? Right. So Mark tells us this story of how there are some Herod's family. Herod, Herod's getting some grief from John, so he jails him. And then Herod's getting some grief for sleeping with his brother's wife. Right. And there's a daughter involved whose daughter it is. Anyway, we'll get there. But spoiler alert, there's a beheading. Yeah, John gets beheaded. It's pretty famous. It's an art. Yes, you know? it's an art. And the child asks for it to happen. Yeah. So there's all sorts of bad things about this, right? When I read this story, right, I think, oh, this is just a lovely bedtime story that we should repeat all the time. Like, why isn't this like the story we tell children? There's no good news in this story. Like, it's just like, by the way, John died in this horrible way. Right. And that's the end of the story, the pericope. There's no like, and then Jesus said, or there's nothing that makes it better. It's just bad. Right. And so I jokingly said to my congregation, so of course, the the meaning of the scripture is to beware of what you promise your dinner guests, lest your dinner guests think that um, you can't follow through on your promises. Because what happens is, is that he makes this grandiose promise because he likes this dance that his this daughter does. Yeah, no, imagine for a second your seven-year-old performs her ballet routine for your dinner guests. Everybody's going to be polite, you right. know. Oh, that was the most wonderful dance we've right. ever seen, even though it was terrible. <laughs> right. But he makes this rash promise that I'll give you anything up to half my kingdom, right? Mm-hmm. And she runs to her mom and says, you know, what do I ask for? What do I ask for? And her mom says, the head of John the Baptist here. But before that, so there, there's a few questions and thoughts that the scripture brings up besides the, the kind of the bloody gorgeous, right? When, when they're asking this question about who Jesus is, right? Like Jesus is becoming known and his ministry is creating attention. And of course, those in power are not very excited about this. Because Herod's whole job is to, like... Keep the Jewish people in line. Keep everybody in line, right? Like, that's all Rome's asking of him. And if he can't do that, 
He doesn't have anything. Yeah, he doesn't stand right. a chance. And so Herod's in this tough place, partially of his own making, obviously, but a tough place nonetheless. Here's here's where I one of the things I think is historically amusing. How's that for a, a, a phrase? Right? Is is Herod's family and the way they give names? Have you ever heard this? That like they weren't very creative. No. No, I mean, like, it was like Herod the second, Herod the third, Herod the fourth. Right, and Herodias. And Herodias, which makes everything very confusing. Makes everything very confusing, but it also makes the the conversation about why John is so against him sleeping with his brother's wife or widow, because that wasn't such an uncommon thing, right? Like, there's all these stories of brothers marrying their, right? Why mm-hmm. would that be such a thing that John, John's like, ooh, this is bad, yeah. right? Well, when you realize what her name is, you realize that it's like their sister, their sister or their cousin, or like it's a close relation. Yeah. Because she's Herodias, right? And remember that this is, um, when we talk about Herod, when we're talking about Herod in this case, this is not Herod the Great, the guy who did- Who did the killing of all the babies. Babies, right? But this is Herod Antipas. His son. The son, right? Who is even crazier than he is. Well, and there's some suspicion that- the inbreeding of the family is probably goes back several generations and becomes, you know, one he's, generation's okay, but more than ma- that, you start to worry. He's mad King Herod. And he, he basically, he doesn't want any trouble. He just wants to throw parties and to have a good time with his friends. Sounds like George. Sounds like the guy who built the elaborate castle. Yeah, it is. Brighton. It is. Yeah. It is. It is. It is King George. And, um, but he's also running scared because he's spent, um, most of his life running scared. And so when John, John, the Baptist, criticizes um, Herod's private life out loud and in public, Herod throws him in jail Mm -hmm. and keeps him from attracting more followers. And he doesn't execute him, though, because I think the text is really funny. They say he kind of likes him. Right. Like, he finds him interesting. He he has him, like, on call as, like, an advisor almost. Right. He goes in and sees what John's going to say. I think he just finds it amusing. And, and our description of John the Baptist, like, you can see why that would be. Like, yeah. this crazy guy wearing this crazy clothes and eating this crazy food. The other reason he doesn't kill him, besides thinking he's interesting, is he doesn't want to martyr him. Right. He doesn't want to create a following that's even stronger. Right. The scene that we have in the scripture is Herod's birthday party. And it's obvious. It's a... Extravagant demonstration. Extravagant gala. Right. They're in their cups, as the Brits would say, right? (laughs) They're a little (laughs) soused. They're a little soused. They're a little drunk, frankly. Um, It's probably day two or three. The alcohol's been flowing. Oh, my goodness. And when his wife's daughter, uh, the text is actually a little confused right there. Like, whose daughter she actually is? Is she Herod's? We don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, Dances for the crowd. And Herod acts rashly promising her anything as much as half of his kingdom. And when we hear that, we hear something else too. Do you remember where else we hear that in scripture? Chris? As much as half of my kingdom? Mm-hmm. I don't. It's what the it's what the king says to Esther. Oh. The king talks to Oh, yeah. Right? That's what the king says to Esther and that what she asks for is the freedom for her people. Uh-huh. And in this case, doesn't have such a virtuous ending. No, not no freedom for your people. No freedom for your people, right? She checks with her mother. Her mother sees this the great opportunity because her mom really, really dislikes John because he's been talking about her. Yeah. Well, and she doesn't have the same weight that her husband does yeah. in the public sphere. She can't go make proclamations. That's not her role. Right. Right. 
And that's the other thing about the Herods. They were all power hungry. <laughs> They're all power hungry and they treated their women badly. Well, and even the women did crazy things. Yeah. So so Herodias asked for John, John the Baptist's head on a platter. Not just his head. <laughs> She's going to eat it. <laughs> <laughs> but she wants it prominently displayed, right? And that puts obviously puts Herod on the spot. Yeah. And what happens when you put somebody who's anxious insecure about power and defensive on the spot? Hot? Super easy to manipulate you when you're insecure and defensive people. Let's oh, take note. Let's take note. Let's take note, right? So he has to follow through because he can't look like a chicken. Mm-hmm. Right. We end up with this gruesome sight of John's head on a platter. And we are also reminded in that, like, what's going to happen to Jesus? Right? These are some of the same players. Yeah, foreshadowing. Foreshadowing, right? And Jesus' response is not to be afraid, but he calls Herod a fox. And it's not like the connotation that we have of sly. It's like we a have, sneaky thief. Like a sneaky thief. That's not what we're, that's not the connotation in. Or a really attractive man. Right, no, no. Be a fox. No. Um, he's basically, Jesus is basically calling Herod a pussycat. Oh, or wow! Right, so he's fox is not a positive. Oh, he's just a puppy. He, oh, he's so he he thinks he, he thinks he's such a badass. Yeah, he's and he's really just a he's really just a cat. Look at this dance he's doing for us, Herod. Herod, Herod, what a great dance! Right. So then the other the other people in this the story that we have to like think about and look at are the gathered guests. Like what happens when you're at this party and this happens? You order popcorn. <laughs> you order popcorn. Like I would like some popcorn for this mess that yeah. is about to happen. Right. I'm going to call up Perez Hilton and we're just going to set up camp right, right here, here and take right some here, photos. Right here. But it is it is a situation where you're you're watching things sort of go off the rails in front of you. Oh yeah. I mean, just can you imagine? And then, and uh, again, it's a tough situation, but it's one you put yourself in mm-hmm. to show mm-hmm. up to that party, right? Herod's character was not a secret. No, no. I mean, like he's not like it, this is not a surprise. Nobody's surprised mm-hmm. that he's this this way. None of that. This is just what it is, right? Mark tells this story in the middle of talking about who Jesus is mm-hmm. for a reason. Okay. Because he really wants to, to, to show us how freaked out Herod is, right? Like how, how, how dangerous it would be to be considered John the Baptist raised from the dead. You're starting to tread in dangerous waters here. You're not doing the easy thing. Right. And this is right after the last sermon, the last episode, right? Where everybody's saying, oh, he's just Mary's son. Right. Like right. he's nothing to worry about. And then they're saying, what if he is something to worry, worry about? about? Exactly. The, the reality of, of this is that, that, that you know, here we are, we're, we're, we're faced with the reality of what, what Jesus is stepping into. Like, mm-hmm. there's, there's no blinders on. Mark is reminding us that, that this does not, this is not a pretty ending. There's not a pretty ending. And that's, I think, part of why the pericope, the, the passage that we had set out, ends in an awkward place. It ends in an awkward place. Devin had to preach this was his first sermon. Oh, yeah. Devin's first sermon to these two tiny churches. Uh, up in the mountains and he said what do i do with this right like it's just like this guy gets killed it's like a snuff film and then there's nothing (laughs) what do i do with this and i said well you start to do the research and you start to figure out like where it's going to speak to you and what he said was you know they don't clean this up because even in the midst of this god is present yeah even in the midst of the cluster yeah 
Oh, yeah. You know, God is present. Even in the midst of the chaos, God is present. And so right. whatever chaos you're going through, it's not too much. There is no chaos God wouldn't walk into right. to be with you. But it doesn't necessarily make the chaos better. Right. Yeah. And this, and, the, and so we're left with the reality that, that sometimes this is messy. Yeah. And sometimes this is gross. And sometimes this is unjust. And just because you are a Christian doesn't mean it gets easy. Doesn't mean it makes it clean mm-hmm. and pretty it just means that whatever mess you're in yeah. god's in it with you well and it and it sometimes it calls us into messes mm-hmm. we would rather avoid and when you don't allow yourself to be manipulated by the crowd who fears you when you don't allow yourself to be moved right you will get backlash people will be afraid of you right and that doesn't mean you shouldn't be who you are right anyway so th- there's our story all right well good luck with that everyone have fun. <laughs> have fun. Uh, thanks for listening to the Sunday Morning Sleep In podcast. If you have questions for us or stories that relate to the topics, if you got something to say about the execution of John the Baptist today, shoot us an email, sundaymorningsleepin at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook or at sundaymorningsleepin.com, any platform that plays podcasts. Uh, you know, on sundaymorningsleepin.com, you'll also find links to the scripture and everything else we've been talking about today. The scripture for this podcast is Mark 6 verses 14 to 29. And the theme music you're hearing right now is Take Me Higher by Jazzer. So at the end of a podcast and the end of a worship service, we have an opportunity to give you some more words, to, to say something extra about, about what we've been talking about. But my message today, that this, the words I have for you today are to, to pay attention, to act where God is acting, to remember that God is present even in the hard stuff, And to maybe not promise stuff you shouldn't be delivering. Amen. Amen. Amen.